All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. And my guest joining me today, we've got another one from the real world Key West here, Zach Mann. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you. It's good to meet you, obviously. You know, I had that Jose episode come out and we were talking about a potential uh, Key West homecoming. And uh, when I saw you comment on that post, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get Zach on here because you're one of the ones that uh, I've been wanting to speak to for a while. So glad you're here, man. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I saw Jose. Man, he has not aged like a day. He looks awesome. Right? I know. Love that guy. I um, And I'm really disappointed that, you know, we're not doing homecoming yet, at least, because what a cool experience that will be for us if we get to do it. Are you open to it, though? Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I would do that in a heartbeat. That would be so much fun for me to go and do that. Yeah. Wouldn't you do a homecoming? I mean, duh, who wouldn't do a homecoming? I mean, I heard between us, I heard the the checks are pretty, uh, they're pretty big for homecoming, bigger yeah. than what you guys were making back in the day. Yeah, we, we uh, I mean, look, the money is, would be great because money is, is awesome for that. And it, but to do anything with these friends of yours that you don't get to spend that much time with anymore because of just how life goes to do that with Yes, like an incentive beyond just hanging out with your friends. The, yeah. the financial part is super cool. But just having a chance to get together, going back to Key West, going back to the house, going back to all that, it would be really cool. Again, being on the real world, is it feels like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? Now, some people have taken that further. As you've talked to people who are doing challenges and someone like Johnny Bananas, like he's taken it to even being on TV consistently and having all these experiences. So for him, it hasn't just been once-in-a-lifetime. But homecoming really would be this bizarre, you know, twice in a lifetime things where you get to go back to this place with everyone together. That would be really cool. I I didn't even go back for my 10 year high school reunion. Shit. I think I have a 20 year that I missed last year now that I'm so (laughs) old. Like, and like, not because I don't like those people. It's just tough to figure that out, you know? So it would have been really cool. But what what do most people say? As far as doing the homecomings, so yeah, most of them, you ask them, I would say there's about a 60 to 40 uh, kind of mix there. Like 60% of the people want to do it. And then 40 are like, uh, you know, I don't know. But, um, you know, I guess it kind of just depends on like the spaces in their life. But I mean, I just think with that type of opportunity, it's really hard to pass up, at least yeah. just on surface level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't have kids, so it is much easier for me to make that decision, you know? So I don't, I, it is a different thing if I had children or lots of kids or had a certain kind of job, my job is pretty flexible. So I'd be able to go for a couple weeks or three weeks here and there. So yeah, I, I can imagine that being a thing. We, we talked about it actually, how much I feel could be tapped into that maybe wasn't tapped into the first time around. And a lot of that maybe has to do with the fact that you guys were experiencing like hurricanes and a lot of craziness around you guys the first time. So imagine putting you guys back in a setting now with just, let's just say, God forbid, normal conditions, you know, like, and then see how you guys maybe adapt as adults having conversations with each other. I think um, that would be a nice little touch back into like what reality TV like once was like truly reality TV. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, not necessarily for our show. I mean, I like to think that we would have a great rapport and our yeah. season would have a great homecoming, but you nailed it for what homecoming is in general. Homecoming is a throwback to real world, which doesn't really exist anymore, 
right? So like, I think that's that's what's been fun for me. I've, I've watched a few episodes of Los Angeles because I now live really close to that house of all things. So like, like wait, wait a minute, like that's crazy. Now I live near here, um, and I've gotten to know a few of the people. Like I met Beth on a challenge. So some people I get a, a little more glimpse of like, oh, I know you, and I and and let's see how you're doing. But I think you've nailed it. Like reality TV has become kind of gamified. Which mm-hmm. is fun, you know, the challenges and bachelors and love Survivor. islands and Survivor and and Idol and I mean it's all gamified, which is cool. And I watch the hell out of it. I watch so much. Kardashians is not gamified. And that's <laughs> Una Murray of all things, right? That's yeah. our company. Um, and that's probably the most. Think about it. That's probably the most like honest reality show out there right now. Is like Kardashians or maybe. It's similar similar to the Kardashians would be uh, like the Hills, the revival that they did. Wait, was it called the Hills? No, the city. What did they call it? Oh man, the, I'm blowing it. The Hills was the original one, right? But they came, they brought it back, right? And they called it something else. Um, but like you know, th- there's so there are some of that. But Homecoming would really feel uh, it, it is a throwback to what reality yeah. TV was, and and uh, I think it's been really special for fans to watch. Right. It's an underrated thing these days to just see people have like conversations just sitting down in like a living room and like, you know, trying to like tackle each other off like a moving truck on a challenge, you know. Right. Well, they have such good content. I can go on forever on this, but the footage from the previous seasons is just a layup. Right. So they can talk about anything. Go, boom, let's show the footage. You know, Uh, I, I remember watching the they were talking about the very famous David scene from Los Angeles. Right. Um, and I, I really don't know that season, and I really don't know everyone's name involved, so I apologize for being kind of ignorant on it. But what made that so compelling to rewatch it is that there has been all this time, but you can go back and watch the original footage, and there's a lot of it, and you really can see what really transpired and how the reactions were afterwards, and then now today, how do you re, you know relate to that and react to that? And I think that's again what makes it so compelling. Not even no show really can do that, but real world and nothing like the homecoming can do that because bringing the same people back in that environment so again i would love to do it i I, i'm very i'm not as interesting you know i'm not the i am not the catalyst that would allow the show to happen you know so i told them look i'm in but i know you need a lot more uh than me to make the show happen so you know i i know they're most of the cast was really excited i think if we get the opportunity i'm hopeful that we you know we can do it but for selfish reasons you know has there been like any like feelers thrown out from like producers yet, or has it just been like the cast themselves maybe just speaking amongst themselves, like, oh hey, would you be up for it? You know, I don't know if there's any. I mean, I didn't sign an NDA or anything like that, so like we were reached out to by the producers of the show. Um, but I think that's just kind of commonplace for uh, a lot of what they're doing. I mean, they at the end of the day, Buna Murray is a production company, and they're trying to get TV shows picked up. Yeah. So they have to see which casts are available, which casts are not available, which casts do they want to be available, and then they pitch that to whomever is going to you know, run it. And currently it's Paramount Plus, right? Paramount owns that right now. And so if Paramount is stoked on what they're pitching, they're going to buy it. And they could be buying us or they could be buying another a, a different you know season. And I think – most recently, I think we were, you know, we didn't, we did not win. Um, we have some cast members that, one in particular, um, that is just not someone that we can depend on right now because there's just a lot of uh, ambiguity about how they're doing. 
and mm-hmm. uh, what their status is. And it's really heartbreaking, to be honest. Yeah. Well, one thing in the intro, Zach, when I introduced yeah. you, I said you were from Real World Key West, but I did you a little bit of a disservice because these days you are a very successful producer, sir. And I got to congratulate you because recently you just won an award on a film that you were producing. So congratulations, first off. And I want to hear more about um, you know, your kind of transition now into uh, film. Was this more of like a swift transition coming out of quote-unquote reality TV or was it a bumpy one? Great. Thank you. I mean, I think I'm definitely more real world Key West intro than I am filmmaker. But <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I got to um, produce a film right after the show because my best friend's younger brother, uh, who actually went, my best friend came on the show and uh, visited and, and had his own little exploits and had a blast on the show. It was so fun. Uh, but he has a younger brother. He was making films. And he thought, hey, Zach, you just did this reality show. You, you, you're you like famous now or something. Like maybe you with your newfound fame can help support this independent film project I'm doing. So we went ahead and made this movie. And um, the next thing I know, I'm obsessed with making films. But making movies is really hard. And not having access to capital and things like that, you're not really making a lot of films on your own. So I moved to LA because I just loved LA. I met a person that brought me down to LA and I was like, I'm obsessed with this place. It's so fun. Uh, some of the actors from the first film I did were also in LA. So we hit it off on set. So I moved down. And so it wasn't really a bumpy road. It was more of like, okay, let's start over now. So I made this movie. I was like, okay, now let's create like value as a filmmaker, value as a actual, um, like, like a job. So I started taking photos and shooting videos and working with a band and managing a band and doing that kind of stuff and taking their taking you know making their music videos for them and then that turned into a music video for another band and then getting paid to make content for somebody and like holy shit like I'm is this a real job and that just turned into my career and in between all of that I've been able to work with my business partner Nick who I met on the set of the first film that I made. And uh, he and I have been making films together and short films with a friend of mine from college, Andrew, uh, that have been super exciting and awesome. And he has feature films that we're trying to get into now. And all that to say, I also have a cannabis business that I'm starting. Wow. With, of all things, the filmmaker who introduced me to film, the best friend's younger brother, and the best friend. So my best friend, Connor, is now the CEO of um, of a cannabis company, and I'm working with them. Um, as we uh, are launching it. So it's been a, the real world opened me up to things that I never would have ever done. I probably would have stayed in the Northwest and I probably would have been working at like a radio station or something, doing sports talk or um, selling cars. <laughs> so, so so you were going to school then for like kind of the communication? Yeah, I was a comm major, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was an intern at the pop station in Portland. Can you hear my dog, by the way? My dog is barking. Oh, know. no, I actually didn't hear it. Okay, okay. I don't know why my wife is supposed to be helping me with this, but she's <laughs> <laughs> probably... We have a puppy, seven-month-old puppy, and I'm obsessed. But um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, here I am in Portland, interning, 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 loving all of that, working for radio stations. That was my life. That would have been my whole thing. I mean, I was a comm major... That made sense to me. Working in TV made sense to me, but like never like narrative, never, you know, the art side. Okay. But so, yeah. 
so then the art stuff is, I would assume, just kind of fell in your lap then post uh, real world. Yeah. So then I just took all the things I learned from college and all the things I learned from all these internships and applied it to this first feature. I was 22 years old and right after the show aired, basically, and um, I just fell in love with it. And I have only made two films really since then. That's how hard it is to make movies. That's you know, like almost 20 years ago. Uh, but I knew that was where I wanted to be, but I had to be able to have a life in LA to be able to support that, that dream. And now this film, it's called 1-800-HOT-NIGHT. It's about three teenage boys and they're just running around town trying to evade police and hang out with their girlfriends and do their thing. Uh, we're going to be playing actually in Beverly Hills this week of all, we're actually, yeah, in Beverly Hills this week at a film festival called Filmocracy. We played in Oklahoma. We playing in Massachusetts next month. We're going to be in my hometown of Vashon next month. We have a really exciting announcement we can't make yet for another festival in September. We just sold the rights to a distributor called Quiver out of Canada. So really exciting you know, time right now. A lot now of exciting stuff. Doing that. Yeah, so it's a long time coming, and I'm really stoked for everyone to see it. How often did the real-world stuff come up when maybe going to, uh, you know, potential film jobs and things of that nature it really was funny because it it slowed down a lot but if people looked me up on imdb they would see that and go oh shit real world you know um it definitely would have been a detriment uh if i was a bit more exciting on the show so like you know if, i mean if you were like so say like you and bananas kind of like yeah I think it could have been harder maybe um, not harder, but it, you, it would have been more of a thing, you know? Right. Um, Bananas is so charismatic and lovely and so charming that he can get away with murder. He knows that too. <laughs> um, so like, he, that's a good, yeah. I, Bananas is, isn't the best example, but it is, it works. But like, yeah, I, I think I was pretty benign. And so it was more like, wait, you're on real world. Like, I remember that. Like, great. Perfect. That's great. But a lot of the work I've done for myself is all just like me hustling, right? So I'm not having to really apply for jobs or like go get, you know, someone to, to hire me. I'm more independent, you know, making my own stuff happen. So your role as a producer, would would you say you're someone that kind of like designs like the plot of maybe like the films? Like, do you have a say in that or? Good question. So producers can do lots of things. Like the biggest of the big producers are potentially optioning scripts or even books and way before a property is even like being made they're involved at like the most granular level like they find a fabulous book that's like a bestseller and they go talk to the author and get the rights for a script and they hire an, a writer and they hire the director i mean they can they're involved in all of that um uh, and and for me my producing partner is a writer so i'm not having to go find scripts he's writing scripts and then we work together so i'm more along the lines of helping uh on set build budgets before hiring crew hiring actors doing all of that kind of pre-production work and then production work and then sticking around for the whole post-production process and hiring editors and giving notes and feedback and creative and all that but but you can but producers really when you see a movie win the oscar for best picture and you go, why isn't the director talking? Or why isn't the writer talking? Why is it this like random, you know, older, usually white guy? Usually is, it just <laughs> is, which is not great. But, yeah. you know, why is it this person that I've never seen before? Oh, they hired the director. They hired the writer. They optioned the property often, right? So they really have 
it's really their baby that they have nurtured and found all the right components to make work. Uh, so they deserve to be up there often, you know? Now, I would say that the director makes a movie. I think you probably would agree, too. You know, the yeah. director really does the heavy lifting. But mm-hmm. the producer is responsible for that movie to get made. A lot of so, intricacies. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've loved that. And that's for film. TV, the roles are actually different between producer and executive producer. But, uh, but yeah, I loved it. And I loved, you know, making the show. It was so fun to hang out and watch the, the crew work. And uh, I got closer to one of the crew members after the show aired. And he and I have been in touch. And he got to meet my producing partner. And he's gone to my band's shows back in the day. And uh, it's just been a wild thing to think about. And I just found out that these guys were like my age. They were our age, like young 20s. Wow. Sometimes like their first job. And they're out there doing sound mixing. Now, not being a camera operator necessarily, right? But like sound mixing or boom operating. It could have been like their first time doing that kind of stuff. But you can imagine how much work you get in. That by the end of your second day, you've worked 16 hours or whatever, or 20 hours as a boom operator. You got this with a high-end crew that can teach you. So it's kind of wild to think about all of us then. But like we were all babies, even the people out there recording you. Uh, really wild. Yeah, time flies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I do want to kind of talk about, I always like to talk about my guests, like, pre-real world and kind of, like, the scoop of, like, what they were up to prior to that. I know mm-hmm. that uh, you had a bit of a tennis background, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so that, for, was that your first love, would you say? Uh, you know, I was really good at it in a small town, so it was really easy just to, like, whoop up on everybody. So I just liked it. But I love team sports. I always loved team sports. And tennis was so individual that, like, it was not as fun for me. And uh, But it got me – I went to college, and I didn't get a scholarship or anything like that. But I got to play in college, which was super fun. And my video, my my audition video, it had me playing some tennis in it, which was pretty funny and, and doing a bunch of goofy things. So before I came down, yeah, I was – I was honestly, I was working for a radio station. I would have worked for them for after I graduated. I was in Portland, Oregon. I was single and just like, I had just worked at a summer camp in New York. Wow. Uh, I was up at a uh, all-girls summer camp. I was teaching tennis up there. And I was just like living. I actually got the call that I made the show while I was on a uh, weekend off during the month and a half summer camp. And I got a call, and it said 818, which is Burbank. And I, I only know a few 818 numbers, and they were all real world. So I'm like, oh, my God. So the timing and, just worked out perfect. Then. Yeah, and they said, all right, congrats. Do you want to get a good suntan? I'm like, yes, I do. Like, you're going to Key West. And I was like, oh, my God. It was crazy. I mean, I freaked out. My uh, my buddy Connor, who's the guy who I'm doing the cannabis business with, it's all connected, man. It's crazy. It's all connected. He was there at the camp with me because it was our one time to – to hang out together because he went to high school and college away from me. And it was like, dude, we got one chance, man, after we graduate and go to the summer camp together. Uh, he taught sailing anyway, random, 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 but yeah, found out. And, uh, I mean, it was a no brainer, man. Like, again, you're not going to say no to that at that age. And, uh, it just was like, a, 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 a couldn't say no. Yeah. So I was so stoked and I'd never been to Florida and I really hadn't traveled a lot in the U S I had, I'm, fortunate enough to have been to California a bit and and I had gone to New York before but like really didn't know a lot about the the southeast or the east coast much other than like I said like New York and Boston maybe 
so Florida was like never thought I'd ever go there and so uh it was just really cool it was really cool did you have televi- uh, television aspirations like when you tried out no no so what no, I tried out about? yeah so my buddy uh Andrew uh he'll he'll dispute this but I didn't they were so they were gonna do an audition in Portland really close to where my college was well it's all close right and uh I was like I think someone told me about the audition. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be fun. We should go do that. And like, okay, we should do it. And I was like, okay, we should really do it. Like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, okay, fine, let's do it. Okay. But it wasn't like, you know, I'm working towards doing that. It was just kind of a joke that turned into like, well, who wants to go the most? Like, okay, fine, let's go. Fuck it. So we went down there to this audition, waited in line, filled out some forms, met in a little, I don't know how, do you know much about the audition process? Have you ever auditioned? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was like a room with, let's say, 15 of us in at a restaurant or a club or something. And they blocked off this one room and there was 15 of us on the little table. And they asked you questions to see how you yeah. respond. And then if they like you, they say, hey, hold on, fill out this like really intense like document that's like just personality test, right? And that was it. Fill that out, walk away and go, good luck. You know, we'll see you later. And then they called me back and said, congrats, you're on to the um, – next round which the next round was an audition tape i think oh god now i'm gonna get this backwards i think they wanted you to send something in before they even interviewed you i want to say and so i sent them a video because i did this for my comm stuff right i had this background so i was doing video production i guess in college a bit uh already and then they call you back and say hey come down to portland we're doing an on-camera interview and then after that it was uh, maybe that was first then the video you make anyway and then you have a final interview. You go to LA, and then your final, final interview, and that was really intense. And then I went to that summer camp. I flew straight from LA to um, to Poland Springs, Maine. They ask you guys a bunch of questions, like a bunch of uh, wacky questions, don't they? I I really don't remember. I really don't remember. They're they're not that wacky, other than like they're they're just trying to see where you will, what will push your buttons, like what are you passionate about, because if 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 someone says, um, so is, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on sex? Can you have sex on the first date? And you go, you know, I don't really care. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It doesn't really matter. I could care less. And then you ask somebody else and they go, oh, I care a lot about this. Right. And I, they care like you can't ever do that. They could say, oh, well, someone who doesn't really care and someone who cares a lot, that could be a, you know, a clash, but they're constantly like your, your, your answers. You don't know if that is useful because if you go, oh, I, I think sluts and being prude is, or, I mean, whatever. You could be like some crazy, you know, very out there response. And then that could be like, oh shit, well, someone else is doing that same bit. And now mm-hmm. you're up against them, you know? And so you don't know if that person could be what they want and you are now too close to them. So what I always tell people is I like, just be yourself because you can only be you. And that makes you unique because if you try to be something that you're not, then they may already be casting that authentic version of this fake person. Does that yeah. make sense? The, the, the so, producers are very smart. Like they can yeah. very easily tell like who's like putting on and trying to like fabricate their uh, personalities and who's actually just like being themselves. Right. And they like, but look, they want, they're looking for drama. They want drama. They want, mm-hmm. they want that, that fire to happen. And I think for our season, they really thought they had it, but it kind of fizzled. We all became really close I think part of it was Key West wasn't pushing us too much. The weather created some issues, right, uh, where a lot of the tourists weren't coming down. 
And then the day Key West is a small town. Most of the time, it's really chill. Even though there are tourists, they're not. It's not Vegas tourism. It's not Miami tourism. You know, it's uh, it's not what you would expect young twenties to be trying to hang out with. So, so I think they. So we all hung out with each other, and we're all friends with each other, and it just didn't really work out to be like lots of relationships. So what would you say that uh, 2005 Zach got typecasted as? Oh, well, I mean, I got typecasted as the nice guy. The nice guy. Sure. Nice okay. guy who'd be, like, diplomatic. They were, I think they were hoping that, and they almost got it. They tried. Because I rewatched the show with my wife, who, who gets a kick out of it. But they, they, they tried to get Johnny and I, or anyone, Johnny, Jose, and I, okay, the three straight boys, to go after Svetlana. I think that was their goal yeah. and, it, and, it, and it opened up with it being a possibility because hey do you find this girl to be attractive and you go well yeah but then it's like okay I get to know you and you go okay you're just you know you're very young and you're not you're not what i'm looking for especially not on tv especially not stuck in the same house like there's no reason to you know go for this and johnny felt the same way i mean it wasn't like it was um and, and it's about lana too i think like we it, what we all kind of agreed that that wasn't a pursuit but they tried because it was like oh she's hot and johnny made comments about her and she made comments about johnny and i kind you know subtly and they, they really were like oh it's just getting like a little love triangle and it just kind of never happened uh and that was it for any relationships in the house i'm trying to think like i don't know you were quite the ladies man <laughs> no they never no but like in the house though like oh they, in they, within they, the house right? yeah it never went and ne no other storyline um popped up after that so, but me, I mean, I was not a ladies man. I met that, I met Crystal. She worked at the bar. My wife eviscerates me over Crystal because um, it's just funny uh, for her. <laughs> was, it an uh, was it an uncomfortable rewatch with the wife? Um, we haven't gotten to the part where she and I, well, actually, have we? Maybe we have. We, we've, we've only watched we repeated it. Well, Paramount Plus came out, as you know, with all the, the episodes, yeah. right? And so we were actually watching them on iTunes first. And then once we did Paramount Plus, we got through, we like started again from scratch. But I think we only got through like episode six or seven. So I think where we're at right now, like she and I are still kind of like hanging out. But I swear to God, she ghosted me when we came back from one of our trips. Like I swear, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember like, how did things end? And I think I came back into town after a hurricane and I just didn't hear from her. And I don't think she was really around. She thinks she may have had to travel back to North Carolina. Um, but thank God. Because like, it didn't have to be awkward or weird of being like, yeah, it was just... Because like, it wasn't really... You know, we weren't a couple, you know. Uh, but but it was a really... It was, it, it was kind of crummy back in Key West. It was kind of sad. The town was going through... I mean, I know it sounds crazy to say this, but like Katrina for the people of new orleans you could argue was worse than COVID for them we're yeah. talking a frightening directly visible right a, a virus invisible so you can get sick from it and be miserably sick but you also but hurricane is like you see the destruction you see the fear you see all that and the physical toll on your body can happen too whether it's your people obviously died during that People lose their whole homes, their livelihoods. I mean, Katrina, those three hurricanes were devastating. In a lot of ways, for Key West, you were kind of like in a place that was that became a bit of a 
it just didn't have the same spark um, as it usually has. And that was really sad. Do you think that the Hurricanes took away from your season potentially, like with, with the quality of the season? Well, I just don't – great question. I don't think of it as that, right? I don't think of it as like the season. I think about my personal experience. Oh. The Hurricanes brought us to West Palm Beach. We had a blast. The Hurricanes brought us to Fort Lauderdale. We had so much fun going on in Fort Lauderdale. Hurricanes brought us to Orlando, which not, not a lot of people know about that, but we snuck away because – the hotel we were in in Fort Lauderdale was so severely damaged, we had to flee north to Orlando, uh, went to Disneyland for a couple days. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. Everybody dreams about going to Disneyland. Yeah. Was that so your we first went, time you, going? Was that on was the my show? first time at Disney World. Yeah, yeah. I had been to Disneyland before, but not Disney World. Uh, but we just got back to Key West, and Key West was just sad. It had been decimated. There were no tourists. So, like, when I say this COVID kind of combination here, it really is true, like, Key West demands people to travel there. Well, hurricanes make you not travel to the Keys. And they had so many hurricanes, it kept destroying people's travel plans during, of all things, it was during really big moments that Key West has during that, that season. Halloween, things like that. It was just really sad. And so we'd go on these trips because the hurricane pushed us out and we had a blast. We were hanging out with 20 year olds again. Right? We were hanging out with like our age group and going to part clubs and meeting people back to Key West. And it was just like, oh shit, like someone's entire home was destroyed or this person lost all of their stuff or their, this restaurant's closed down. Like it was really, I mean, I don't know if you remember on the show, but after the third hurricane, we get back and Mystic Tan has been destroyed because it had over a foot of water in there. And we get a phone call from uh, Ricky, who I don't know if Jose told you, but Ricky recently passed away. Um, wow. I don't, probably not even recently, maybe it's say within the last five years, I want to say, I can't remember exactly when, but. That was a tough one. Um, yeah, he was a really great guy. Uh, so Ricky, rest in peace. And uh, he calls us on the phone and is like, all right, guys, well, we can't really reopen this. We have to do all this stuff. So you're, you're going to go to Spain. Pack your bags. And it was like, oh, that's awesome. But also you're like, we felt so guilty. It just felt really weird to be like, you're like, like here's this like place that's not even ours getting damaged. Like, that sucks for everybody involved, but, like, it isn't even our place. Meanwhile, crew members lost their cars. They lost property. The neighbors, the people that we've gotten to know really well, like the, like the locals, they lost all sorts of stuff from property, cars, et cetera, livelihoods. And here we are talking to Ricky, and it's like, you're going to Europe. And we're just like, uh, okay, that's cool. But uh, it, just, it was so surreal, man. It was really wild. Um so, yeah, that was just a really weird experience. And I, I don't know if it helped or hindered the show. I don't really know. I mean, our experience personally lived. I mean, I would have probably had more fun in real world Miami during that time than I would have Key West. Um, and Key West just really didn't have a great – that was just a really horrible time for that community. And you'd have no. to think, like, if your guys' homecoming were to happen, I'd probably be one of the incoming messages, I would have to assume. Yeah. You'd probably refer back to that. Was, yeah. Was that Katrina going on at the same time? Yeah. So we landed. So the way they the way they flew us to Miami, or the way they took me in, is that I flew to Miami. I stayed in a hotel in Miami. And then they go, okay, you're going to be here for a couple days, a day. They don't really, there's not a lot of details. They kind of want you to be disoriented which is fine you know um i was at a hotel in miami and then they flew me from miami to 
Key West. Short flight. It's a little plane. No big deal. The hurricane was supposed to be Katrina. was flying up the east coast of Florida at the time. And Key West is south and then west, right? It comes down the Florida peninsula and then it goes, stretches out west towards the Gulf. So it was like, okay, this thing's going away. And so when I landed in Key West, it seemed like I would be there for a couple of days. And then Katrina turned around and came back down to the Keys. So now they basically brought me into the hurricane. Same with Tyler. I think Johnny too. Uh, Tyler was in a smaller little island. I was actually on Key West. He was two he islands up. He came in a up. helicopter with Svetlana, I believe. He came in a seaplane? Yeah. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, and, and Jose and Paula drove the, the Ford mm-hmm. down from Miami because that was, that was a cute little part of that. So, yeah, it was, uh, was kind of hairy. I mean, I'd never been in a hurricane before. I'd never been to Florida before. And here I am in Hurricane Katrina. And I remember sitting there in this hotel. And I, I love the weather. Like, I'm a big weather person. And I'm sitting in this hotel. And this hurricane's growing. And I we lost power. And I have my phone with a, a limited power. And I call my family. And I go, how's the radar look? Am I still in this thing? Where is it? Is it leaving? Is it further away? Because it's so... The feeling of being in a hurricane is just awful. It is loud. It is... It's scary. I mean, it's just it's even though we knew the winds were a certain level that the hotel that we were in at the time, I never felt like really it was going to get destroyed and I was going to be. It's just it was it, it was nerve wracking a bit for that, but it was just like this noise, this constant sound, and you're like, when is this going to end? You know what I mean? Like you know when you're in a rainstorm and it's like really hard for a bit, and you're like, damn, that was crazy, right? Yeah. Like, oh, shit, like on the freeway driving, you get the really heavy rain. You know, like, okay, can that end, please? Okay, great, phew. And then it's just kind of sprinkling. You're like, I can do sprinkles. Well, that, whatever that was, I can't do. But, like, imagine being that heavy stuff for hours upon hours. And so we were probably in the hurricane for over uh, a day, like 24 to 40 hours of being in the hurricane. And when it passed us, we knew, all of us knew in Key West, me, the whole cat, and we all were like, when it lands, it's going to be devastating because if we were this fucked up you know by the outer bands as it grew you know this is going to be catastrophic and so when it landed in new orleans i i think we were um i don't recall if we were if it landed and i was still in the hotel in key west or had we moved already into the house i don't really remember but yeah it was that was a big part of our experience yeah, it was probably one of the bigger storylines, I would say. We had, three hur- we had three hurricanes. Isn't that wild? Starts it's all, with it's Katrina, unlucky, that's for Katrina. sure. Yeah, it starts with Katrina and then ends with uh, with uh, Wilma. Anyway. I think one of the like realer and raw-type um, moments from your season was, I think it might have been the first or second episode where... Uh, Paula has like her, I think, breakdown outside of the bar. And then I think you're trying to calm her down and nobody could figure out like what's wrong with her. You know, I think that's like one of my uh, I would call it like favorite, even though it's like, you know, not obviously a positive moment. But it's one of like those moments that's like I feel I feel needs to happen because there's someone in the audience that can probably connect with that. And um, that's what I think of when I think of reality TV. and. Uh, moments like that 
Yeah, Paula, in her whole journey, I'm trying to think of it as like one of the first times we've ever seen someone go get uh, help with a with like a therapist, like on TV. Mm-hmm. We we got to see her meetings with her therapist, if you recall. I mean, that's a big deal to go. Hey, I'm vulnerable. I'm okay with sharing some of the worst things in my life with this you know, global audience because she desperately wanted to get help and it was worth it to her and the in the production to be like hey we got to do something for her um and if she goes home will she not get the help that she needs will she go back into you know and, and so is there a chance that even though it's a tv show even though it's we're we're forcing this world to exist this is a real problem somebody has can we and obviously she should speak on this right but i'm just think i'm i'm talking about my version of how i've experienced it and watched it back but um this is a chance for her possibly to get the help that she wouldn't get herself possibly and i think what it showed was her incredible courage to do what she did and at first for all of us it was extremely scary because we didn't know what to do especially i had never really Again, I'm the peacemaker. I I didn't drink in college or even in the beginning part of the show. I didn't drink a lot. I didn't drink really probably ever on the show or just a little bit on the show. Uh, so I didn't really know what was going on <laughs> with Paula. Uh, and other than that, she needed somebody. And she needed to be away from wherever she was at the time. And the only thing that is tough in that environment is Johnny is someone who means so well all the time like he really does always mean well but he's also not afraid to say what he feels in that moment right Mm -hmm. so for him he may say something when he may react to a comment to him but the comment to him may have been like yo she's just drunk or upset don't take it just absorb it but don't push it back onto her and he had to learn that he couldn't just you know mess with her back Right. And so that was a bit of a frustrating part of the first few weeks of us being together was like learning how to speak to each other. And Paula, in particular, that moment was really scary for all of us. And she we had to pull over. She was hyperventilating for crying out loud in the car. I mean, that was was really scary. And Johnny is like trying to understand why he's the bad guy. And it's like, dude, just don't say shit to her. Like she obviously needs just for us to be quiet and let her make it through this night. Can you just get through the fucking, it was our first night. I swear to God, it was our first night together. And we had just been stuck in our hotels. So like, it was kind of a wild, uh, gosh, it's, it, it's a very quarantine kind of an experience to think about now. Wow. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah. Um, but again, I mean, they, they made up obviously. And, and, and I think the world of Johnny, I just think that like that environment is really tough because no one wants to be the bad guy necessarily. So they want to like, you know, you can't, don't mess with me. I'll mess with you kind of a thing. And that can happen on all these reality shows. People have a hard time apologizing. Like, Hey, did I offend you? I'm so sorry. Versus what? I I didn't say anything that was rude. Why? (laughs) What? You know what I mean? Fuck you. If you took that the wrong way, it's like, whoa. just be like, Hey, I'm sorry. Let's, Get, you know, let's go home. Anyway, uh, but yeah. Well, you don't have to worry about apologizing. You were kind of like the voice of reason, I would say. Yeah, I, I tried to be. I just tried to. I, I was just me. That was, that was just. You just saw me, and the more I got to know 
on my cast outside of the show. Like it was as authentic as it gets. Everybody really was who they are. Uh, Janelle and I have luckily been able to stay really close. Tyler as well, um, really special. Me and Svetlana early on were really close after the show and hung out a ton. Um, yeah, Paula was the one that, you know, she stayed in her part of the country that is far away from me and started this beautiful family. And it's the one who I don't get to see as much and Jose as well. I don't get to see as much, but, uh, but, but they're all, you know, who they are on the show. Where, where do you think like the contact level is like between you guys? Are you like one of those casts that like keeps a group chat going together or is it more so like individual conversations? It's more individual conversations. It's just how it goes, I think, for us. Um, because we were on a show pre so much social media. I mean, there was there was social media, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Group chats surely weren't as prevalent as they are today. You know, like things that just you know you weren't throwing gifts around and naming chat groups. So like, I think we just didn't have some of those things to keep us going we had some events we got to go to the mtv video music awards so we got to go to events like that we did some other fun stuff we real world bash, i believe the, the real world yeah yeah that reunion the 20th anniversary i'd of love every- to watch that episode is yeah. that somewhere have you seen that recently is that around it exists in the ether. that was so fun see like that kind of stuff is like where it's like so what's your experience on real world they go well doing things like that you just get to meet everybody and see everybody again like it's just so hard to bring yourself around all these groups of people right like how often do you get to do reunions with people that you really care about or like or whatever yeah yeah so like that kind of stuff was so fun um and they stopped doing that it's like okay 20 years and like shit we're like in 40 years now we just Uh, we just got a the 30th anniversary was just this year so maybe they did have something they didn't invite me which is totally fine i'm not i'm not offended uh, I don't get to go to these things. <laughs> no, I don't. I think you're good. I don't think there was anything. Uh, there was. I, I get bummed. There was like a really cool challenge. Um, they did a challenge after show or a challenge something, and I was out of town, and so a bunch of people were in town that I really love. I didn't get to see. So I feel like I need my my reality. Like I was really excited about homecoming. I got my hopes up to be like, oh, yeah, I, I was talking about this with Jose. There was like kind of a contrast on your cast of like once this Key West show got wrapped up, you had the fine line of people that kind of were focused on career and job and family more so, which was more so you and like Jose. And then you had some people that were like, all right, we're going to ride this MTV wave until the wheels fall off. And in some cases, the wheels haven't yet fallen off to this day. Um, And then, you know, Janelle and Tyler kind of were in there and then dipped out. And now they're kind of back in again. So there's a lot of an interesting contrast with your cast. Where would you say that you fell on the line, um, firstly, coming off of Key West? Like, was it ever in your crosshairs to want to potentially ride the reality TV, MTV momentum and keep doing shows? Or uh, at what point did you maybe make a conscious decision on your end to kind of focus on more of a career path? It's a great question. Uh, I think that there was a very obvious understanding by me that I was not a star. I was not an actor or some kind of talent. So there wasn't anything really beyond just possibly traveling with the the MTV, um, like the events I told you about the VMAs, 
this reading, very small things. Yes, the challenges were a big deal at the time, and they still are. Uh, but you can't expect to be on those, right? And I surely didn't have that much um, expectation for myself to be on them, uh, based on how I, you know, did the show. I just really, oh, I don't think I'm that valuable to them. Uh, but it'd be fun to be. You always want to be asked. I think that's yeah. the thing. And and so for me, I really I moved to LA. I did the movie thing. It was just like. I love this. I came to LA. I was around it. Janelle was in LA at the time. Tyler was in LA. I think a lot of people just want to try. And now that I'm I'm 39 now, which blows my mind, but when you're 22, 23 or younger and you finish, I finished school, I was a perfect candidate to be like, I'll go to LA. Why not? I just graduated college, got nothing holding me back. So start LA, one place you're paying rent, right? Like it was clean. But to me, I think everyone's got to try that or at least think about it. Just go to LA. But for me, it wasn't to do the on-camera stuff. It was to try my hand in producing and being more behind the scenes. Uh, but Tyler was there. Janelle was there. Svetlana was there. Everyone was really there. Paula, I don't think. Paula was in there. New York, I believe. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Paula was in, was in LA. Johnny is from Huntington. Yes, Huntington. So he was back and forth. So it was really easy for him. Uh, but I think it's just it's hard to say no. Watch all those reality shows that I watch that you probably watch from The Bachelor to all that stuff. Like people move to LA after the show. You know, it's like it, it's you because you go to LA to do a lot of the show stuff. That's also part of it. People don't realize that. It's like, why does everyone go to LA? It's like, well, you audition there, you do casting stuff there, you do post show stuff. It's like the hot spot for entertainment, basically. Yeah, but you do all this like stuff for the show, like this yeah. work stuff, or like, just because of the show you did, that you have to go there to do your whatever. And so then you go there, and you go, this is pretty cool. I like it here. So I think a lot of people just find their way there for a variety of reasons. And then, yeah, you have to be there for certain types of you know production if you want to be an actor, um, uh, you know, if you want to like really try. But today... I, I get it. LA is fabulous. The weather's great. The ocean is great. I moved there because for me, it felt like the right choice to make movies, to start my new career, to start something. I didn't have anything holding me back. And I had a lot of my friends there. I had all this cast, these cast members. I had friends from where I grew up were down there. I had these new friends from the film down there. I had just like all this stuff going on and I never looked back. I've been here ever since. Were you doing the whole uh, speaking engagement and bar tour? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. But now you can do that from anywhere, right? Like I didn't yeah. need to be in LA for that. But yes, um, that was really fun. I mean, that was wild to get paid to go and travel to all these bars. You were getting – the thing that I liked the most about the show afterwards was that you could go to any town in America for the most part and see your age group people, right, and have a friend anywhere. Instantly, you have a conversation with somebody. Hey, you're that guy. You're um, I went to school with you. No, no, no. You're on a show. Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You have something. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you have bigger fans. Like I watched the show and I know exactly who you are, and like that's really cool too. So I, I love that. That was really fun. But I'm also very happy that that's over. Like I enjoyed the hell out of it when it was there because it's so special to have that. But I also, you know, I'd rather be anonymous. I'm with you. And I was barely, I was barely, you know, visible, but I'd much rather be anonymous. I'd rather make celebrities than be one. That's been my motto ever since.
Well, you did do one challenge. You did the Gauntlet 3, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, Tyler, specifically referred to the Gauntlet 3 as the experience that nobody talks about. Was it like that for you? Wait, why is that? What do you, why do you I, say? I don't know. It's like a, he said it's an unspoken thing amongst the, the cast. Like, Gauntlet 3 is the one that nobody wants to talk about. I think maybe it had something to do with, like, uh, maybe the rookies team didn't have, like, the best living uh, accommodations in that house, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was my first challenge. I think the problem with the challenges for me and why it was like, you know, I don't want to do any more of them was that they aren't rooted in any sort of skill. They're all just random things that are really not enjoyable to do. And that doesn't sound fun. Like, does that sound fun to you? But they're uh, living with friends and all that is super fun and awesome. But then it's like, okay, now here's this part where it's like we're inventing a game with barely any rules and people can break these rules because they aren't really rules. And there's not a lot of strategy other than you can maybe figure it out or not. And it's just I'm too competitive to where it's like I felt like you couldn't really prepare correctly to be successful in that. Add onto that the anxiety, the pressure, potential injuries, all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, I, it's like, I'm so glad I did one. I'm so glad I did one. So glad. But that experience made me be like, I don't need to do another one of these. It's just, it just isn't. Real world, yes. Challenges, I was like, no. So you would say if like maybe the challenge, at least the one that you were on, was more like traditional sports based to where like the rules were more like cut and dry and it actually required like maybe let's just say, for example, like skills that you would apply in tennis to like the challenge. That'd be more in your wheelhouse than say like the carnival style stuff. That's a great. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it's like you can get better at the challenge by doing more challenges. Okay. You, it would be like so like if, if you were it's like saying if you want to get better at um, uh, uh, a certain kind of like exercise or sport right you have to practice that thing like um, American Ninja like Ninja Warrior stuff right like you can't get better at that by running marathons you have to actually do the types of things that they require you to do but for the challenges you really can't prepare for what they're going to do necessarily it's all kind of squirrely and random which yeah. is what makes sense because everyone has to be. They're all, you're joining this thing, but the but that's bullshit because at the end of the day, because there's not a lot of skill really involved because it was too skillful, then no one would succeed. They become just brute strength exercises, right? Or severe endurance things, right? Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, okay, you can't just be really strong. You have to have super endurance. But like, well, when do you need the super endurance? Oh, at the end. But brute strength gets you all the way to the end, let's say, right? And so for my experience as the rookies, our team was undermanned big time. We were smaller than them. We were definitely uh, more suited for like long running event type things or like skill events, let's say. And not skill events, but like just something that required cardiovascular work and teamwork, right? And we went against the the veterans, probably the most legit veterans class they ever had in their prime. Like let's mm-hmm. be real. If you go yeah. look up that veteran class, they were they were monsters. And most of the events of the first four events were all basically brute strength. So we lost every single one of them. Tug of war, <laughs> goodbye. Um uh uh, uh someone the with a car too, right? We well then then go and run and grab 
a ball out of a of, out of a you know a bog and then throw the ball you know throw the ball out to your your, your team and it just turns into Nehemiah actually almost fucking won it for us. Um, yeah. I don't know if you recall. I think actually I think the girls actually won it for us. We had a badass girl. The girls were we had a stellar group of girls. So it was the boy. We sucked. We were we were pretty shit. Let's let's let's. I want to make sure I get that on the record. We sucked. The girls were great. Um, we had badass girls, but they just kind of they would agree though that like the events were really heavy on the like brute strength. The car one required you to move planks and put it in front of the car. Well, eventually, as we were kicking their ass because we were fucking badass at like communication, they just said fuck it and just pushed it on the sand and said well, we're not going to waste time using these planks. But it's like, well, are the planks even? Why even use the planks? Why have the planks even be part of the competition? So things like that. Really, and each time we lost, it was during a boys' elimination. Yeah. And so we just kept losing players. Go, 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 go. And it just was like, this is shitty. And then people went home. And then I lost on a puzzle, which I didn't get to even like. I don't even know how to do those puzzles when they're small. So it's just like, you just feel like you kind of go home and you're like, oh, I didn't get to do anything I feel like I'm good at, you know? It's and so ironic. I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's ironic too because like your season, Key West is referred to as like the the Hall of Champions because like you guys have like the most challenge wins to come from your season. Like Paula won two, Janelle won one, Bananas won seven, Tyler's won two, Svetlana's seen a final before, yeah. you know. So, and then yeah. it's ironic because you're the one that I would say that had like the most legit athletic background out of the entire cast. <laughs> yeah well it was uh look johnny and tyler worked their asses off to be in shape for that tyler swam division one oh johnny yeah mm-hmm. works out really hard so i appreciate that comment but it takes a certain kind of personality to want to continue to get better at the challenge and for me i was like I, i'm not this isn't for me and our living conditions did suck but i'm telling you right now my cat that cast if you go look at it again you'll see it's like the most legit all-star cast oh 100 for that era like in that moment right it had everybody you would want to have in that moment in time it had cast like key west right call a denver cast it had like the new the new seasons and it had like it had evan who actually by the way evan and i have remained really close really? um oh. and we do work together i do video work for him and his uh, company sometimes Wow, because he does. Uh, he's incredible what he does. I don't know if you know much about his career, but he's um, does a lot of fabrication and big brand uh, projects for like huge companies. He's so legit. So I talked to Evan a lot. I just did a project for him two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Wow. Uh, like that season was so fun because it was like everyone that we had all kind of met, and then like legends who I never met that were like Coral famous. Beth, <laughs> Coral Beth, CT. CT literally like did a classic bully thing to me. He like I brought my um I brought like a, a video game system. I don't even know what it even was now. It's so long ago. Like what even was this? Some like Sega, like handheld Sega thing. He's like, yo, give me that. Let me play. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like whatever he wanted, you're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like whatever you want. Uh uh, right. No, he was great. It was um DM was on the season yeah, yep. melinda uh brad robin robin katie i mean it was like so johanna so like, 
Johanna and the Austin cast, like I feel like I hit it off really well with them. Like love those girls, love Nehemiah, like just Danny, coolest. It was just so, so like to me, I go, man, this is so fun, but these challenges are fucking rigged, man. It just sucked. And so I just didn't, it, it wasn't for me. I think it's not for me. It's not for me. Well, you did have one uh, noteworthy moment on that season is when you actually let the crew shave your head. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was that like? That was wild. And then I lost the next day. It was Samson, oh, really? baby. It was Samson. Sam- you can't cut your hair. Um, it was, it was, that was fun with Johnny and everybody. That was a wild, that was a wild group of people when they partied. Wild. Wild. I think Johnny and Casey got caught outside naked. Remember? Yeah. Remember. Uh, uh, there was other scandalous moments all over the place. It was a really squirrely cast. It was a really squirrely, uh, uh, Yeah. Was I, really, there, I was sad when I left. Was there any conflicts? Like, because I know, like, when you film, like, your, uh, they call them interviews, but, like, to the fans, they're called confessionals, like, when you're in your private, like, little interview. Like, were there any conflicts since, like, you shaved your head at that point, since they had uh, interviews taped of you from, like, the beginning of the season with, when you had a set of hair? No, they were so lucky I lost, so it was done. They didn't have to worry about oh, it. So that's probably right. why they showed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. think about it. They're not, it's not, it's not live, right? Yeah. So it's not live, so they can just go, okay, Zach got his haircut, and then he lost the next day. Great. There's no need to worry about his hair from an earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they would have had to have – what they would have had to have done, of course, is, yeah, only use recent um, interviews for my content. So if they wanted to pull something from me. But the, the challenge is I have so many people talking about stuff. That would have been easier. Suppose you won that season. Then they would have had, like, nothing to show of you going forward. <sighs> That would have been awesome. I, I would have I was bummed leaving the show. I was bummed. And then I heard that they won. I don't think I really watched the end of the show. I was so kind of sad, you know? Yeah. Because it was sad. Like it, I'm talking this game about being like, oh man, I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. And, and it's like it's just it's it's tough. Like you really have to want to do it. You have to want to be put in the stressful environment with lots of lots of anxiety and lots of potential physical stress and pain. And I was like, this just isn't, if it was like fun events that were like more up my wheelhouse, then I'd want to do more of them. But it's trying to push you. And I get that. And I was like, I just don't have the time to do that. Like, I really want to make my career out here. And so like, this isn't something that's really going to benefit me unless I want to do 10 of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Johnny did it right. It's like, he's like, I'm going to make this a career. So I need to be on all of them. And he did. And he worked his ass off on multiple levels to get to where he got on them and and turned it into a career beyond just the show. Good so like him. that's but that's you're a rare person to do that. Not many the Miz. I mean we, we have we have a we have a very small group of people who have really been able to utilize the show or at least maybe even come well, utilize the show would be the Miz because I think he actually did use the Jamie show. Chung. But was, Jamie Chung, I was in, I was in use her as an example, but she didn't use the show. She, she kind of she had to push the show away. Yeah. Johnny used the show. Uh, the Miz, right, used the show. Um, why am I blanking on the uh, on the comedian? Who I, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. Theo Vaughn. Theo. Yes. Um. I think you know had you know the show was a, was a good catalyst for him, uh, uh, but yeah, it's not easy. 
It's not a lot. There aren't a lot of names out there. You know what I mean? That have like turned the real world into like a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's but it's a it's a fun family to be in part of. And now that all the episodes are available to watch, it feels really cool to like know that that's going to be somewhere for people to see forever. And you know, my family one day, and my my niece, I'm sure has no idea she could see her uncle right now on TV. But uh, that stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. When when would you say the last time you heard from uh, Svetlana would be? Very long ago. Really? The last time I saw her, I couldn't even really tell you if it was like seven or eight years ago, nine. I was outside my apartment in Venice. I walk outside to go. I don't even remember. Move my car or something because it could have been parked and I needed to switch the side. Like Very serendipitous. And I freaking see her walking on the alleyway that my car is on. I'm like, I mean, I had to like take a double. I hadn't seen her in. in yeah. Six, seven years from then. So I was like, Svetlana? Holy shit. She's like, Zach? We hugged. She came over. We hung out. We talked. I got her number. That was it. Never never replied. Never nothing. And then I've only seen some Snapchat videos that she's posted. And then I'm not on Snapchat anymore, so I don't see those. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like... She did communicate with Peter Murray. Like they did get in touch with her, uh, which is good to know. But it didn't go in a way that, you know, got our show picked up, our season picked up. Mm. But yeah, I she never responded to me, or did she? Res- did she respond to a group thread? I'm trying to think, because Janelle was trying to communicate with her and try to get us all on the same page for the homecoming, and yeah. What are you going to say? I mean, I think I would recommend not be on a reality show until you finish college. I mean, she was in college. She went She went back. She hated it. She was picked on. She was too too famous, too known. It just, I think it fucked her up, man. Yeah, because from my recollection, she definitely gained, like, a lot of, like, she was polarizing, I guess you could say, coming yes. off the show. But for better or for worse, she was, like, very talked about and known, like, coming off that show. Yes. And I think when you're that young, and just, like, when you do the show in general, it's a bit of a culture shock. But especially, like, when you're that young, you're getting pulled in so many different directions. And you almost, like, lose sight of, like, who you're supposed to be or, like, where you want to go in a sense. Because you have the public's perception of who they want you to be or who they think you are. And oftentimes it may cause you to lose sight of like who yourself wants to be. So hundred percent right. I'll always remember. So my, my memory of Svetlana, my favorite memory of her uh, is when we were in New York for the VMAs and we took a, my, my friend Stella, God bless her. Let me use her apartment in Manhattan the weekend that we were there. So nice of her. And Solana and I stayed together. We were brother, sister. We were not, there's no, you know, this is not a scandal. Uh, and we took a, because there was so much traffic, we took a pedicab from right in front of the freaking Radio City Music Hall or wherever the heck they, they held the event back to my friend's apartment. And um, I'll always remember that as like a very special moment of us just like fleeing this thing, being like, can you even believe this? Can you believe what we're doing? Like, this is so crazy. This is so fun. And um, I think I had to pay the guy like 250 bucks or some crazy thing. 
with his petty cow. I'm like, okay, never doing that again. But yeah, that's like my memory of her. And um, yeah, I, I, I wish that she, you know, I wish her the best. I just hope she's, she finds, you know, safety and peace and happiness because that's all, that's all I hope for her and anybody really. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this was a ton of fun. I'm glad we cool. were able to knock this out and chat. I think uh, maybe it was a little fun for you going back down the rabbit hole a little bit. You know, I love it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to putting this out. I'll obviously tag you and all that fun stuff. But uh, thank you again for your time. And uh, congrats again on all the great work you've been putting out this this uh, past year. And, um, you know, I hope for the continued success for you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I'll share with you some links, too, for you to post. All right. if you want. Sweet. I'll, I could, like, link those in the description. Cool. Awesome. Right. Thank you. I uh, See you, Mike. Thanks, man. Bye.